Bible Prophecy Series. And hello, everyone, and welcome to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. I am Vic Batista, along with Nathan Jones, Wet Minister for Lamb and Lion Ministry. And we're broadcasting live from our station in Aventura, Hollandale, in Florida. And our lines will be open for your questions or comments. Our local phone number is 305-992-9537. Again, 305-992-9537. We also ask that you keep us in prayer that our technology and our program and everything will go well. Well, our topic for today will be that of wars and rumors of wars, Matthew 24, verses 6 through 7. But before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. I'd be happy to. Thank you, Pastor Vic. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this opportunity to share your word, to study it, to get to know you better. Thank you for telling us what the future holds. And Lord, uh, we can look forward to the future with hope as believers in Christ and uh, excitement even during these times that are so difficult. Lord, we pray you'll bless everyone listening in your name and your precious name. Amen. Amen. Again, you tune in to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones, as we talk about wars and rumors of wars, Matthew 24, verses 6 through 7. Today's program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel Aventura and the Truth Will Set You Free Ministry. More information at calvaryaventura.com and on Facebook on JN. 8.32. But before we continue, I want to welcome my special guest, Nathan Jones. As always, Nathan, it's a pleasure to have you on again. Oh, well, thank you, Pastor Vic. I, I just enjoy these times that we spend each week studying God's Word and getting to share the Word with uh, your listeners. Oh, praise the Lord. And you know, Nathan, it's really exciting to see what God is doing uh, with uh, the Lamb and Lion ministry and just the incredible articles that you guys put forth to educate and to train the listening audience. And I wanted to ask you, Nathan, as we do uh, here every time you're on the program, just to share a little bit briefly regarding your ministry, your contact information. So maybe our listeners that are tuned in can also grab hold of all that fantastic information that we find there at Lamb and Lion. Well, as you know, the Bible is 31% prophecy. Almost a third of the Bible is God foretelling what the future. Now, you know, God exists outside of time. So for him, all of human history is already done, and it's almost like past tense when he's explaining what's going to happen. Now, it's future for us, but it's past tense for God. So when we know that Jesus returns, he defeats evil, he sets up his kingdom, and those who put their faith and trust in him live with him forever throughout eternity, mm. we can be sure 100% that that's going to happen, because to God it has already happened. And we here at Lamb and Lion Ministries is re are really excited about that, because we know that Jesus' victory is coming soon. He's coming back to take his church up to heaven. So Lamb and Lion Ministries exists to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. And uh, as you said, we have many, many resources. We have our television show, Christ in Prophecy, which is aired on 15 networks across the world. Uh, we also have uh, um, many articles on Bible prophecy, a Facebook group, uh, other social networks, a blog, and uh, you can sign up for our newsletter. And uh, that's all on lamblion.com. That's L-A-M-B-L-I-O-N.com. 
Mm, thank you so much, Nathan. Of course, for anyone that is tuned in, we would encourage you to make your way over to Lemon Lion and check out these wonderful resources. And also, we would encourage you to stay tuned on Wednesdays for the Lemon Lion Christ in Prophecy program at 10 a.m. here on tway.org. And Nathan, of course, uh, we've been having a great time making our way through the Word of God, you and I, talking about yes. these incredible signs of the times there in Matthew chapter 24. And it's been incredible the way that you have been opening up the scriptures uh, to us and to our listeners, uh, just in a nice way, giving our listeners a deeper understanding of these signs. But before we continue with these verses in Matthew 28, excuse me, Matthew 24, verses 6 through 8, I wanted to ask you, Nathan, maybe you could uh, give us a quick recap of Matthew 24, uh, verses 1 through 5, just in case someone was not tuned in into a program before. So I'm just going to go ahead, Nathan, and read those verses and maybe have you recap for us some of the signs that we already uh, talked about here in Matthew chapter 24. Would that be okay? Uh, whatever you'd like, sir. Yeah, Matthew 24, uh, we read in our previous programs there that uh, uh, verse, verse 1, then Jesus went out and departed from uh, the uh, temple, and his disciples came to show him the building of the temple. And Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? Surely I say unto you, Not one stone shall be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. And now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, Matthew 24, 3 says, The disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when would these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name and uh, saying, I am the Christ, uh, and will deceive uh, many. So, Nathan, if you would recap for us, I mean, you mentioned some incredible things there in these verses, and maybe you can recap for us once again uh, for our listeners, just briefly, these incredible signs. Certainly, certainly. Uh, this setting is Jesus and the apostles, they're at the temple. Now, uh, you got to remember that the temple was the religious heart of Judaism. It was the most magnificent building ever created in Israel's history, and that the people would flood into Jerusalem to make their sacrifices for their sins and to uh, be near God, so to speak, because the, the God lived in what was called the Holy of Holies, the inner room within the temple. Yes. And so they believed that the temple was obviously the most magnificent building ever, and, and they were just awed. I mean, these are poor fishermen and and uh, other jobs like tax collectors and things like that. And so they're at the temple, and they're amazed at it, and they're seeing the, the heart of Israel flowing through Jerusalem. And then Jesus all of a sudden says, there won't be one stone left another. This whole thing will be destroyed. The whole wow. temple will be torn down. And you could imagine that the apostles sat there and just gaped at him. Matter of fact, it says it wasn't until they got across the valley to the Mount of Olives that they even dared ask him, well, what is this about? And the apostles asked Jesus three different questions. One, they want to know when the temple would fall. You know, when is this going to happen? And we know historically it was fulfilled in 70 A.D. when the Romans came and destroyed Jerusalem and the temple and scattered the Jews to the four corners of the earth. And then the second question asked is, what will be the signs of the end of the age? Now, the Jews didn't understand the church age at that time, but we know the end of the age is ends when Jesus comes and raptures all who believe in him as Savior up to heaven. Yes. And so what will the signs be to when shows the end of this age, the church age? Third question they ask is, what will be the sign of Jesus' coming? Not only at the rapture, but after the rapture, the earth will experience the worst time in human history. It's mm. called the tribulation. Seven years of 21 judgments that befall the earth and almost destroy the earth and decimate the population. But at the end of it, 
Jesus returns with us who were raptured, and mm-hmm. he defeats Satan and the Antichrist and false prophet. He destroys evil and sets up his kingdom on this earth for a thousand years. So they want to know when will the temple fall, what will be the sign of the end of the age, and what will be the sign of Jesus' coming. And then throughout the rest of Matthew 24, in parallel, in Luke 21 and Mark 13, Jesus answers those questions with ten signs of the end times that will point to his soon return. Wow, Nathan, that is just incredible. And of course, in last week's program that we did together, you so well opened up for us also there, uh, verses 4 and 5, where it was talking about another great sign is that of deception, right? And, and many uh, deceivers will come claiming that they are the Christ. And can you briefly recap that one for us? As we, you know, we, we dove in a little bit into um, stepping on some people's toes, speaking of uh, false prophets such as uh, uh, the prophetesses of today, like Oprah and the likes. <laughs> yeah. Well, the three different verses in Matthew 24, Jesus warns that false Christ, false teachers, false prophets would be a very prolific sign of the end times. Uh, there were definitely false prophets in Jesus' time up until the fall of the temple. There was Judas the Galilean, which we read about in Acts 537, uh, Thetis in Acts 536, and an unnamed Egyptian Jew in Acts 21. And each of them were false teachers and um, even false messiahs of their time period. Now, as we get to the end of the church age, we see that there's 500 cults just in the United Amazing. States alone. Mormonism, Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, Jim Jones and the People's Temple Church, Uh, One that's in the news right now, real popular, Jose de Luis de Jesus, if I'm pronouncing that right. That's right. And in grace. He claims he's Jesus, and he has his adherence, tattoos 666 on them. And so there are lots of false prophets and false teachers today trying to get everybody confused about what God's Word is and what the future is. And so we see lots of false messiahs and false teachers, but during the tribulation there will only be two, the Antichrist, who will be the one-world ruler, and his PR man, his false prophets. And those two will be the ultimate in false teachers. And they will claim, <clears throat> excuse me, for themselves uh, that they are, uh, Antichrist claims that he is God and he's possessed by Satan. And that's how Satan gets global worship of him wow. through the Antichrist. So we are seeing that today. That that sign is, end times is definitely occurring now. Now, what we'll be getting into is about the wars. And uh, Matthew 24 continues on talking about the end-time sign of wars. Amazing. And yes, Nathan, if you would take us now a little bit further there, verses 6 through 8 in Matthew chapter 24, if you happen to have your Bible there, and then speak to us regarding this incredible next sign that we're going to read about, because, of course, we have uh, wars everywhere. Uh, You know, we have wars, rumors of war, past wars, future biblical war, tribulation wars, millennial. I mean, there's just a lot, but... Maybe you can take us now, fast forward us a little bit through those verses, and then uh, give us some insight into them. Okay. Well, the first sign, like we said, was false teachers, false messiahs, and that's what we're seeing so much today. But another sign of the end times that we're seeing, it's just frightening, really, is verses 6, 7, and 8. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, pestilence, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Mm. Now, the famines, the pestilence, the earthquakes, those are other signs uh, in the list of ten that Jesus gave. But for this discussion, let's focus on the wars and how Jesus says these are the beginning of sorrows, not the end of sorrows, unfortunately. 
So in other words, as we get to the end times, they will hear more and more about wars and rumors of wars. You know, Nathan, that's a, that, and here what I like in these opening verses, it says, and you will hear wars and rumors of wars. And I mean, that, that's right now. We've been hearing, uh, you know, the end of the world. Who's going to press the red button in a sense, right? <laughs> yeah, and, you know, we've always had war. I mean, human history is soaked in blood. But the idea, now, when it comes to these end time signs, there is a, uh, I want to use a, a term, but it, it's a, when you look at prophecy, there's a near view and a far view. In right. other words, uh, Jesus compared it to labor pains. Uh, I didn't go through labor, but I watched my wife do it three different times. And when she started, you know, there was an uncomfortableness. There was a, some contractions and all that. And it wasn't bad. You know, we could get to the hospital in time and all. But as the baby came closer, her contractions got more frequent and yeah. more tense and more painful the closer and closer the baby came. And Bible prophecy is just like that, Jesus said, that the closer we get to Jesus' return, the more frequent and the more intense and the more painful the signs of the end times would be. So even though we've had wars throughout history, as we get closer to Jesus' return, they will get more frequent and more intense and more painful the closer to his coming. Nathan, and of course, and that's exactly why we see this increase uh, in wars lately, right? I mean, we look at the Middle East, we look at these different groups that are rising up, uh, and uh, a lot of that really has to do with these signs, but not only that, but these wars seem to be getting uh, more intense as the time goes on, right? Certainly. I mean, to answer the first question the apostles asked, and they wanted to know when the temple would fall. Now, the time period that the Jews before the temple was destroyed was under the yoke of the Romans. The Romans' uh, empire had conquered the known world at the time, and the Jews were a, a regent area. As a matter of fact, uh, King Herod and his sons were, were kings, but they were just regent kings. They weren't the ultimate, which was Caesar. And the Jews chafed under living under the Romans, and they were constantly having revolts and, and trying to overthrow the Romans. As a matter of fact, that's why the Romans finally destroyed Jerusalem and the temple in 70 A.D. They were tired of the Jews constantly revolting against them. So what better way than to destroy their capital and disperse the people? They couldn't organize themselves once they were dispersed. And the Jews remained that way for almost 1,900 years until 1948. Wow. And so they knew about wars and rumors of wars because the Roman yeah, the war machine never stopped marching. It was constantly at war with one group or another. Now, so there was wars before the fall of the temple, but to answer the second question about what would be the, the signs of the end of this age, the sign of Jesus coming to rapture his church out of this earth and for the tribulation to begin, then we'd have wars and rumors of wars of this time too, and man, they have gotten more frequent and more intense just in the last century alone. Excellent point. And Nathan, of course, and you know, a lot of individuals don't understand that when we talk about wars, we're not talking about always major wars, such as World War One and World War Three that we experienced. But you, you mentioned to us there's something like 35 wars going on, even in our time, or something to that extent. 38, actually. Uh, I checked recently. Now, some come, some go. The uh, Operation uh, Protective Edge with Israel against Hamas has, has wound down to a temporary ceasefire. And, of course, the ISIS now is marching through Iraq and slaughtering everybody in their path. And uh, we're not sure yet if 
we can officially call uh, Russia invading the Ukraine a, a war yet. It's, but if you want to talk about wars and or skirmishes, there are 38 going on just in the world today. Now, back in the 20th century, Margaret Drabble, she was a British novelist, she called the 20th century a beastly century. And the reason was because of the amount of wars and genocide that happened in the 20th century. Uh, can you guess how many millions of people died from war in the 20th century? Oh, man, Nathan, I want to say, oof, that's a, that's a big number. And I know I'm probably going to get it wrong, but I'm going to say something like uh, 5 million. <laughs> wow, that is, yeah, that, try a lot higher. 10. Man, would you believe 160 to 187 million people? Are you serious? Wow. Seriously. Uh, in the book Wars and Genocides of the 20th Century by Piero Scaruffi, he writes that when you collect all the numbers of the wars during the 20th century, it's about 160 to 187 million people killed in war. Now, that's a bigger number than the amount of people that lived during Jesus' time, even. In fact, uh, World War I, 1914-1918, 20 million people were killed in World War I. In the Soviet Revolution of 1917-21, 5 million people. When Stalin purged his own people in 36-37, 13 million people. World War II, 55 million people. When Mao took over China in 58 to 61, 38 million people of his own people he killed. We lost 3 million people in the Vietnam War, and in the second Iraq-USA War, 160,000. So when you add up all the wars that happened around the world, and those are ones that not even the United States were involved in, about 160 to 187 million people. Now, you think the United States is about 350 million people. So equivalent to killing half of the American population wow. in the 20th century alone. And, you know, Nathan, these are incredible numbers, and, and we hope that anyone that is tuned into the program will recognize that these are some incredible signs. So when we talk about wars and rumors of wars, they're not to just easily be uh, set aside as, well, that's not really happening. But those numbers, I mean, I had no idea, Nathan, that it would be – uh, that high numbers. And of course, now that you're used to quizzing me, I have to prepare myself a little better. I'm sorry, man. I don't mean to put you on the spot. But <laughs> I, I think by asking you that, you know, a lot of people think the same thing. You know, they're like, uh, well, you know, maybe 10 million or so. And, and then when you realize the amount of people that have died, right? It, it, it's sobering to realize that humanity left without God's restraining hands will result in us killing ourselves. Now, when we get to the tribulation, the Bible says that the restrainer, the, the Holy Spirit's work through the church, will be removed off this planet when the church is raptured up to heaven. So if God has been holding back all these wars to the point where only, I say only, but 187 million people died, what's it going to be like during the tribulation when God's restraining hand is totally taken off humanity? Mm. I mean, it's an unbelievable thing. And, of course, Nathan, you know, that's why hopefully anyone that is tuned in will recognize that we've had wars. We had World War One and World War Three, are major wars, and there has been wars in the past. And, of course, the Bible also talks about the wars in the future, as you're sharing with us. And there's even some wars, Nathan, that are going to take place that uh, we're not 100% sure, but they are also uh, predicted to come soon, like the Psalm 83 war. I think you talked to us a little bit about that and also Ezekiel 38 and 39, right? There are actually uh, nine end-time wars that the Bible talks about, seven of them which deal directly with the tribulation. 
And so there, yeah, there is quite a number, and uh, I can go through them if you'd like, Pastor Vic, uh, war by war. But it's uh, uh, hold on to your seat, man, because it is some frightening, frightening stuff that's coming upon this world. And you know, Nathan, that's what I, I was thinking because this is a very um, extensive topic. And if you would share with us regarding some of those wars, I think it will be great because there's individuals that are tuned in that they really have no idea uh, what, what this is referring to when we talk about the signs and also what's coming. So if you can highlight some of those for us, I think that will be excellent. Sure, sure, certainly. Um, well. Part of about these wars coming, these end times wars, is to understand that, again, the, the wars and rumors of wars will come more frequently and more intensely and more painfully the closer we get to Jesus. Matter of fact, yes. when, when the Bible says nation will rise against nation, the word nation is ethos, in other words, ethnic. Ethnic group will rise up against ethnic group. So right. it doesn't mean that it has to be the United States versus Iran or Israel versus Lebanon or any of that. It could also be races again race riots race problems right and i don't know about you but you know for um, the great american melting pot we are in our generation we're colorblind but all of a sudden everybody's upset about each other's race and, and the rioting in the streets and it's like when did that happen you know we we kind of killed the racism thing at least i thought we did and until about six years ago and then all of a sudden racism is back and but it's not just our country it's every country uh iraq and against the kurds and uh, you've got, of course, uh, you know, everybody against Israel, and it's just—it's like the races all of a sudden can't get along. It's like itching powder has been dumped on us all. <laughs> we're getting real itchy with each other, and we can't get along. And and it's all part of the process of getting the world down to these end time wars, so God can put His judgment on humanity for their evil. Yes. And Nathan, of course, and you made a good point because even uh, I have a news article here talking about this group, the uh, uh, Boko Haram, uh, where they beheaded a six-year-old uh, Christian boy uh, as a group reports. And this is part of these sort of smaller internal wars, right, that are raging in our own time. Uh, the Lamb and Lion Ministry supports a ministry there uh, led by Stanfast, his name is, and um, Stanfast Oyena. Now, he is a pastor in northern Nigeria. Now, Boko Haram is a radical Islamic group that is trying to, like every radical Islamic group, conquer the land for Allah. And Boko Haram wants Nigeria, which used to be a primarily Christian nation, uh, to wipe out all the, the Christians and send them south. And they first have claimed northern uh, Nigeria as their own, and now they want to take all of Nigeria. But uh, they are bloodthirsty monsters, just mm. like ISIS. Uh, Standfast over the last few years, constantly truckloads of Boko Haram come in. They shoot up the place. They use machetes. Uh, one of the wow. church members had their hand chopped off while he was you know, oh. protecting his head. They'll take the kids and they'll throw them down wells. Many of the, the Christians there are hiding out in the, the woods. You hear about how Boko Haram comes in. They steal all the teenage girls. They march them off and force them into marriage against their people. Okay. And just last week, uh, Stanfast Village was entirely burned to the ground. His library, his relief efforts, everything. They're living in a tent in a refugee camp. And this is what Christians are constantly dealing with around the world. It's because Satan hates Christians. He hates yeah. the Jews. He hates God's work through us, and he wants them destroyed. And we read in the tribulation there will be much persecution of believers in Christ in that time period. Now, it won't be us. We will be raptured off this planet before God's wrath comes Amen. to this earth and those wars begin. 
Wow. And Nathan, and this is why I, I, we pray that anyone that is tuned in would also be in prayer for these situations that are arising because we know that Satan is deliberately going after the believers and the ultimate war. We're going to see that, uh, of course, in the time of the tribulation. So it's just amazing. Now, you made a good point, Nathan, regarding the uh, labor pains, just like when a woman before she gives labor, we see things are going to intensify. As a matter of fact, we have uh, someone in our ministry here that she's actually going to give labor at any moment. So if I run wow. out in the middle of the program, that, that means I have to go to the hospital. <laughs> okay, well, that's, that's fine. I'll, I'll just keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the idea that you mentioned is that, you know, these are uh, those incredible signs, and things are just going to intensify uh, even more. And of course, Nathan, I wanted to see if you could take us uh, through at least this first segment, and hopefully we'll cover more in our second segment of the program. So we're going to have uh, general wars in our time. They're going to escalate to some other wars that are going to lead uh, through the time of the tribulation and uh, the end time. So for us living now uh, in 2014, soon 2015, uh, what else might we can we expect in terms of uh, as far as wars uh, as things continue to escalate? Well, like you said, things will continue to escalate. It will be like the world is shattering and falling apart. And that is necessary because the world will get to a point where it'll cry out for a one-world ruler to yeah. stop all the chaos. Uh, the world has to get on the brink of its own destruction before it'll turn to someone to lead them. Now, they should naturally turn to Jesus Christ, but no, they will turn to another human, uh, not another human, Jesus, obviously God and man, Son of God, but a man that they will turn to. Uh, Daniel 9 tells us he will rise out of Europe, the European Union, right. and he will supposedly put an end to all the world wars. We'll get to another sign, which is economic collapse. And uh, so the whole world will turn to this one world ruler. So like you said, it'll get more frequent and more intense. The weather disasters, the, the wars and rumors of wars, the economic chaos, the social chaos, and it'll continue to build and build to just like before Jesus comes to rapture the church mm. off, and then the earth will just be let loose. Mankind's inhibitions will be let loose. And those wars that we'll talk about in the second segment at the, during the tribulation will be the worst time in human history. Amazing. But for believers in Christ now, we can be assured that if we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. that even though the storms rage around us, we can trust that Jesus will protect us and guide us and love us and give us a future past this life to be with him forever. Mm, excellent, excellent. Thank you, Nathan, also for those wonderful words of encouragement. Again, you are tuned in to The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, as we talk about wars and rumors of wars. Our, our lines will remain open. The local number is 305-992-9537, 305-992-9537. Feel free to call us or text in your question or comment for Nathan Jones as we talk about this very incredible passage. And of course, Nathan, uh, you know, our time uh, goes quickly in our first segment, and we pray that those that are tuned in will stay also tuned in to our second segment, segment of the program as we continue looking at these incredible passages in Matthew chapter 24, verses uh, 6 and 7. And of course, anyone out there that has any questions, feel free to call us. Uh, if you're in need of prayer, we would also love uh, to pray uh, for you.
Listening to T Wave, Calvary Chapel Spanish Radio. Welcome to the Truthful Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batista along with Nathan Jones, Web Minister for Lamb and Lion Ministry. We are broadcasting live from our station in the Aventura Hollandale area in Florida. And our lines will be open for your questions or comments. Our local phone number is 305-992-9537. Again, 305-992-9537. And our topic again for the second segment of our program is wars and rumors of wars. Matthew 24, verses 6 through 7. But before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan again if you will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for giving us your word that we can know what the future holds. And we know there there is terrible times ahead. Lord, you maintain, you support, you encourage, and you give hope to those who believe in you as Savior. And I do pray for all our suffering Christians out there, Lord, around the world who are suffering in these terrible times, that your hand will be there to protect them and usher them into heaven. Lord, we look forward to your return, and we pray that everyone listening, Lord, will have a new appreciation of your word, your hope, and they will accept that Mm. and make it their own. In your precious name, amen. 
Amen. Thank you. Again, you're tuned in to The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition, Vic Batista and Nathan Jones, as we talk about wars and rumors of wars. Well, today's program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel Aventura and The Truth Will Set You Free Ministry. More information at calvaryaventura.com and on Facebook on JN832. But before we continue, I'm going to welcome my special guest once again, Nathan Jones, to the second segment of our program. Nathan, thank you again for joining me. It's a great pleasure to be back on this program, Pastor Vic. Thank you for having me on. Uh, awesome, awesome. And of course, we are tackling a very important subject matter, and it's that found in Matthew chapter 24, verses 6 through 7, where we read Jesus says, signs of the times, and he says, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations will rise against nations and kingdom against kingdoms. And there will be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in various places. Nathan, I'm so excited about the second segment of our program because in the first segment, uh, you did an incredible job just sharing with us these incredible signs uh, of the times before the Lord returns. And you mentioned to us, Nathan, that they were like labor pains uh, 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 on a woman. And can you briefly, once again, recap for us that? Sure, sure. It's kind of hard to... To make a comparison for us guys who haven't gone through labor, that's but true. those of us <laughs> who watched our wives, you know, go through it, and God bless them, it's Jesus compared the end time signs to a woman going in labor and to birth pains. You know, when a woman goes into labor, it just starts as uncomfortable, and the contractions are are far apart and infrequent. But the closer it comes to the baby coming, the more frequent. And the more intense and the more painful the labor pains get until eventually the baby comes. So when the apostles were asking Jesus, when would the temple fall? And what are the signs of the end of the age? And what are the signs before your your second coming? Jesus was able to tell them that those end-time signs would grow more frequent and more intense over history. Now, there were certainly signs fulfilled of the end times that Jesus gave us, and 10 of them in Matthew 24 paralleled in Luke 21 and Mark 13. The first one was that there would be a proliferation of false prophets and false messiahs in the end times. And with 500 cults in the United States today, we have got more, more, wow, I mean, false teaching, false doctrine is everywhere. But the second sign, he said, would that there would be a proliferation of wars, Mm. and the wars would come more frequently and more intensely and more painfully. In the 20th century alone, we talked about how 160 to 187 million people died in wars. More people died in wars during the 20th century than all the wars before. So we are definitely getting more frequently and more intensely and more painfully wars before Jesus comes to rapture his church and takes them up to heaven. Amazing. And you know, Nathan, and also because of modern technology, now our capabilities are even greater. I know you did an incredible uh, short video uh, there uh, uh, regarding wars, and I thought that was just exceptional. And uh, that can be found over in your link, right, in the Lamb and Lion page? Yes, go to lamblion.com. That's our website for Lamb and Lion Ministries. There you'll find tons of information about Bible prophecy, articles, our television show, Christ in Prophecy, our short one-minute Bible prophecy insight videos. We also have a Facebook group and other social networks. And a daily, uh, if you need a daily dose of Bible prophecy, check out our blog at lamblion.us. Amazing. Of course, Nathan, as we mentioned, as modern technology continues to develop, we see, again, just the possibilities of even greater wars and, and more wars. And Nathan, I wanted to ask you, there in Matthew 24, verse 6, 
it appears to me that there seems to be sort of like a word of encouragement there in the middle of everything, because verse 6 says, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, see that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. <laughs> well, I don't know if you call that encouraging or not. I, I think if you're a, a Christian living in Iraq or Nigeria or North Korea right now, and you're fleeing for your life as the government tries to destroy you, you know, it's kind of hard to say, oh, well, you know, be not troubled about this. But obviously the Lord isn't referring to, oh, don't don't worry about it. Obviously you have to worry about it. But be not troubled for eternal sake because God mm-hmm. is still in control. Yeah. And that's what Jesus is saying here. You're seeing the world shake and shimmy. You know, if you got a, an engine that's not firing on all cylinders, the engine shakes and smokes, and you're worried that the engine's going to explode. And, you know, the engine's not going to explode, not yet. And that's kind of what Jesus is saying here. You know, the world looks like it's, it's on the brink of self-destruction, but it's not self-destruction yet. It's going to get close to that, which we'll talk about more in the tribulation. But don't be worried that you're looking at the end of the world right now. It's just the beginnings of the end of the world, and we have to trust that Jesus will take care of us and protect us, even unto death, because many Christians are dying right now at the hands of Muslims, and they will be going to heaven, the Christians, and we have to get our hope and encouragement in that. Excellent clarification, Nathan. I really believe that that is so right on because our our eternity uh, uh, is found, our eternal security is found on a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And, of course, that's the encouragement even for right now, right, Nathan? Anyone who's listening to this program, you know, all these things are going to come to pass, but they don't really have to freak out in a sense if they know Jesus personally. Yeah, you know, I, I just wonder why when you see the world falling apart like it is, and I guess for us Americans it's a little harder because we do live in a time of peace and prosperity. Right. Lord on that, is that we turn to ourselves or our government or, mm. or something to give us hope and encouragement, but it's a false sense. It's a false hope. I mean, what man by themselves can stop the wars around them? You know, what government, uh, it seems like the governments are incapable of stopping the wars of the world. The U.N. has been around for, what, 60, 70 years, and they can't stop the wars right. around the world. You can't depend on man, but you can depend on God. And you know what? I'm going to skip to the end. When Jesus returns to the second coming, he defeats evil, he ends human government, and he sets up his kingdom for a thousand years. Man, peace, righteousness, and justice will be the way the world will be during that thousand-year kingdom. So to Jesus, we need to turn our faith and our trust in, because he's the only one who can bring peace to this world. Ah, that's amazing. And you know, Nathan, that is a great point. And this is sad because there's so many people today looking for peace in all the wrong places, right? Uh, in a bottle or in a drug or this or the other. And the reality is the only thing that's going to fill that void is Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit, right? Exactly. Only Jesus Christ. I mean, he's not called the Prince of Peace for nothing. When we that's... pray for the peace of Jerusalem, we're not praying for that, well, that the Netanyahu government will get things in order. It is about Jesus returning to defeat evil and set up his kingdom. We people, since Adam and Eve, have thought that we can rule the world by ourselves. We don't need God. We can do it ourselves. But that's like letting a toddler drive a car. They just can't do it. Right. And we can't do it either. We have failed. Nations might last empires for a few hundred years at the most, but that's about it. Then they fall apart. We're seeing America fall apart at the seams morally yes. and politically. And we as humans cannot do anything about that. But we can trust that God is in control, and he's bringing all of human history and all of events to that point 
where the world is in such dire straits that they have to call out for Jesus Christ mm. to save them. Nathan, that is an excellent point. And I believe to anyone that is tuned into the program that when they hear of more developing wars and rumors of wars, whether it's North Korea, nuclear weapons or whatever, it really should be a sign that they need to recognize that this is an urgent call for individuals to turn to Christ now while there's still time, right? Yes. Uh, Jesus said that when he returns, to answer that second question the apostle asked, when the end of the age the end of the age is the rapture of the church. You can read about that in 1 Corinthians 15 and 1 Thessalonians 4, that Jesus will come down to the clouds. He will call up those who have accepted him as Savior, will be raptured, taken up to be with him into heaven, and the world will be then left to face the 21 judgments that God's going to mm. put upon the world. And so Jesus said he's coming like a thief. Now, I don't know about you, but the thief doesn't call your house and pencil you in for 3 in the morning on no. Sunday. He doesn't. No, he just shows up, and you're like, ah, and you need to do something about it. That's the same way. We'll be. It, the Bible says, you know, people will be given in marriage. They'll be, you know, trading and selling and living. It just right. like normal. It could be right this second. And all of a sudden, the trumpet will sound. The archangel will call up those in, who believe in Jesus as Savior, and we will be raptured off this planet. So it could happen at any time, and we need to make sure that our lives, our hearts are prepared for Jesus' return by giving our lives or surrendering our lives to Jesus Christ. Oh, that is incredible, incredible. Thank you, Nathan. And, of course, you're tuned in to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition, Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, as we talk about wars and rumors of wars as Nathan has been taking us through time and history here, speaking about the various wars that have taken place and those that are actually happening in our time and some wars that will be coming in the future. Now, Nathan, of course, as things move forward in terms of Bible prophecy, there are a few other wars that are going to be developed that are going to lead uh, possibly into the uh, end times. Uh, Psalms 83, can you talk to us a little bit about that? And also Ezekiel 38 and 39? Certainly. Well, there are uh, seven end time wars that directly relate to the tribulation that happened on this earth. That's not counting where Satan tries one last time to overthrow God in, in heaven, and God casts him out finally, totally, and uh, that is a war in the heavens, and that happens in the middle of that seven-year tribulation. But there are seven wars that are coming to this earth that the Bible prophesies about. And like you said, the first one we can read about in Psalm 83, and we call it the War of Extermination. And the War of Extermination is where the nation surrounding Israel now, that is uh, Syria and Jordan and Gaza and Egypt, and uh, I'm missing one here. Egypt too. Yeah, the nations that surround Israel, they will try one time yet again to defeat Israel. Now, they have tried numerous times since Israel became a nation in right. 1948, but finally Israel's going to have to deal with it. It's kind of like Gaza. They're not going to stop and let, let Hamas keep ruling. They will finally have to subjugate the nations around them because the nations around them want them destroyed. Yes. So Israel will actually grow into a superpower at that time as they conquer the nations around them. We read in that Zechariah 12:6 that Israel will be a fire pot among pieces of wood and a flaming torch among sheaves, so they will consume on the right hand and on the left all the surrounding peoples. So we know that Israel at some point is tired of being bullied and pushed around by the nations around them, and they will subjugate them at some Correct. point. You know, Nathan, that is that is a great uh, uh, point that you're making there because this is also something that our listeners need to recognize that, you know, that Israel that we know now, I mean, God is doing some incredible thing with such a small nation. Israel really is only the size of New Jersey, 
their population's about uh, six million Jews, and uh, the Bible says, and especially in Zechariah 12 and 14, that that Israel and especially who controls Jerusalem will be the center of world attention. Yes. And you know we've been talking about all these wars and rumors of wars, and yet the world seems always focused on Israel. Israel can't do anything without world condemnation. And people wonder, will Israel last? Well, Amos 9.15 tells us they will not again be rooted out from their Amen. land. God brought them back. I mean, it's the, one of the greatest events in human history. A nation coming back from the dead after 1,900 years, just like Ezekiel 37 said. And Israel will be in the land permanently forever going forward. Wow. wow. And, and you know, the Antichrist and, and, will drive part of them out during the middle of the tribulation, but overall, Israel is not going anywhere. That's right. And, and it was proven, right, Nathan, in 1967 in the Six-Day War? Yeah, yeah, they drove Jordan out of uh, eastern Jerusalem, and they took different lands that uh, were promised them by the U.N., but then the U.N. backtracked and, and gave over to Jordan. Jordan was always meant to be the Palestinian state, and uh, those who are actually Palestinians, they call themselves in Israel, were invaders who, in 1948, were promised that once the nations around Israel conquered Israel, then they could move in and just take the Jews' land. Hmm. Unfortunately, what they didn't expect is a bunch of kibbutz workers <laughs> would, would push back their mighty armies, <laughs> thanks to the Lord, and the Palestinians were left there, and their countries wouldn't take them back. They formed refugee camps, and now the Islamic world uses the Palestinians as a PR tool against the Jews. Wow. Now, that won't last forever, because as we said, the, the war of extermination, as the neighbors around Israel try to destroy them one last time, and Israel finally has to get up and defeat them. And that's, now, that war could happen just before the tribulation, or it could happen during the tribulation. Uh, we're not quite sure. There are certain wars that are definitely given to us in Revelation that, that say they're during the tribulation. But the war of extermination could happen before the rapture, or it could happen after the rapture, but it will happen. Absolutely. And of course, Nathan, and you're taking us through these various wars and then following that war, uh, we also have another war, which is the Gog and Magog there, Ezekiel 38 and 39. And I'm not sure in the sequence that you have, can you talk to us a little bit further about the, those other wars? Well, there is no end time war in the Bible, not even Armageddon, that's explained in more detail than Ezekiel 38 and 39. It's called the Gog and Magog War. Now, this is a war where if you look up the nations and compare them to today, Russia leads a coalition of Islamic uh, countries, Iran and Turkey and Libya and all those Dan countries, and they come against Israel. Now, you got to wonder why all these nations want to destroy Israel. I mean, exactly. we're talking about the might of Russia against little Israel, and it's because they want to plunder them for spoil. Israel will become richer and richer as it grows. They'll have the oil of the world, and they have the natural gas mines in the Mediterranean. Yes. And Gog, which is the name, uh, I assume, of the demon that, that rules this war, comes down from Russia. Now, the nations surrounding Israel are missing in the description, so we know that Israel's already defeated them. And this horde, this mighty horde of enemies will come upon Israel like a storm on the horizon, and Israel will be absolutely overwhelmed. They cannot wow. stand against the might of Russia and all these different nations. But this is where God steps in human history again. Literally, like the Old Testament, fire, brimstone, earthquakes, mm. the armies started turning on each other and attacking each other, and they destroy those, God destroys those armies, and it says he sets fire to their nations. So we're looking in the future where Russia and Iran and Turkey and all those nations wow. won't even be a player in world politics, and I'll argue 
that even Islam will no longer be a player in world politics because God will have destroyed them during the Gog and Magog battle. So Israel will stand there amazed that God has stepped in history. It says that they will give up their humanism and turn to God. Now, they haven't accepted Jesus yet during that time, and that the remaining Jews of the planet will finally go back to Israel. They'll feel that it's safe in Israel, likely the Antichrist will make a peace treaty with them, guaranteeing seven years of peace, that nobody can attack Israel because God protects them. And you live in a, a, a highly Jewish area, right? Calvary Chapel, Aventura is a, is a predominantly Jewish area, and, right? It's very Jewish, Nathan. I think I'm the only one Dominican in the area. <laughs> well, man, you will be the only one living in that area because <laughs> after the Gog and Magog battle, it says all the Jews of the world go back to Israel. So America, half the world Jewry of the planet, is here in the United States. They will leave the United States. They will feel this drive to return to Israel, and all the Jews of the world will be gathered back into Israel after the Gog and Magog battle. That is amazing, amazing, truly amazing. And, of course, Nathan, I, uh, this is just incredible uh, information for anyone that is tuned in. Hopefully they're writing all this take, these things down or taking in notes because this is just amazing. And all this is going to develop according to what the Bible says, exactly like the Bible says. So, Nathan, of course, we know that we have these wars. And then, uh, you know, Revelation 6, of course, talks about the, uh, the, the wars. And then we get also Revelation chapter 14 and 19, as you mentioned to us. And, and the Lord is the one who's going to come, and he's going to really put an end to all this. Right, because the world is in for the worst time in human history. Revelation 6 talks about the conventional war of the tribulation. This is the Antichrist as he marches across the planet, conquering it. And it says a quarter of the world population will die mm. from this war. Brother, that is one and a half billion wow. people in today's numbers. Picture almost two billion people dying. This war will ravage, it'll be like World War III, it'll ravage the earth. It'll then be followed by Revelation 8-9, which talks us about, about a nuclear war. Man, we have been not been building up all these nuclear bombs just to let them sit That's there. That's right. God has been holding it back. And we read that as the world is destroyed by nuclear war, another third of the world population dies. That's one and a half billion people. So by the middle of the tribulation, because of all this world war, half the world mm. population will be destroyed. It'll make the 20th century seem like a school, schoolyard brawl. Astounding. Right. And because you mentioned 160-something million compared to billions, that's just incredible. Uh, it's Again, God's restraining hand is off the earth, and that leaves mankind to do what they wish. Satan is, of course, free to do as he wishes, and and that's the result is is these wars that devastate most of the planet. That's now the Antichrist wants to be worshipped, and he will set himself up to be worshipped in the Jewish temple. He'll break the peace treaty with Israel halfway through the tribulation, and then he will spend the rest of the tribulation obsessed with killing those who accept Jesus as Savior during the tribulation. We'll call them the tribulation saints to differentiate them from the church today, yes. and the Jews. In fact, he will kill two-thirds of the Jews around the planet, and so many of those believers in Christ during that time, it says that the numbers are uncountable. It'll be an obsession with his to kill Jews and Christians, and so that's the uh, fifth war, and that's the war against the Jews and the saints. Amazing. Oh, wow. And of course, Nathan, then, you know, that, that this just incredible development as you're taking us through wars and history and times and hundreds of years. And then, of course, we know that after the tribulation, uh, we get into the millennium and, and the war, we're still going to have uh, more wars. Right, Nathan? Yeah, well, you know, there's still three more to go after that. Uh, the Antichrist, uh, his empire starts falling apart uh, the, down in the south. 
presumably Africa, they rebel against them. The kings of the East and China and Japan and all those, they start rebelling. And so the Antichrist in Daniel 11 is, has to deal with a civil war in his kingdom. And so the, he spends a lot of time fighting his own people, but something up in the north bothers him. He knows that the, we know that the tribulation is exactly seven years right. long. He knows Jesus is coming back exactly at the end of those seven years. So he turns his armies north. He gets up to the ba- Valley of Jezreel in Israel, and that's where we read about the Battle of Armageddon. Uh, Joel 3, Zechariah 14, Revelation 19 says that the world's armies engage in battle there, but then Jesus comes. He returns with us. Man, you and I will be riding there that's with him. That's right. <laughs> we will see Jesus return. We won't be engaged in battle. It will be all Jesus. Jesus destroys those armies just by speaking. He's got that much power. He defeats the Antichrist and the false prophet. He sends them to hell. He sends Satan into a deep pit for a thousand years. And then Jesus sets up his kingdom of peace, righteousness, and justice for a thousand years, although there's still one last war at the end of that. That is wild. And of course, Nathan, man, that's going to have a quick recap on that war because our time is running out. But <laughs> can, yeah. you give us a, can you give us a snip bit of that one? <laughs> yes. At the end of the tribulation, uh, excuse me, the end of the thousand years, Satan will be released. And all those who are born during the tribulation, all the people who populate the, the millennial kingdom were people who survived the tribulation, accepted Jesus as Savior. They live on their earthly bodies and they have children during the millennial kingdom. Well, those children still have to accept Jesus or not. Satan's released as a rallying point. Sadly, many of them turn to Satan. They want to overthrow Jesus. They want to live by the flesh and not by the Spirit. And they will march upon Jerusalem, where Jesus has his capital, and they will try to destroy Jesus one last time. But again, Jesus, just by speaking, burns them up. He sends Satan to hell. And that's the last war. It's called the second Gog and Magog battle. And that man is the last war in all of human history. That's it. War no more. God sets up his great white throne judgment. Those who have rejected him throughout human history are sent to hell. And those who have accepted Jesus as Savior live on with him throughout eternity in a city called the New Jerusalem here on a new revived earth. Wow. And we say hallelujah and amen to that, Nathan. And you know, hallelujah, what, yes. what an incredible journey. You know, someone tuned into the program when we first opened up talking about wars and rumors of wars. They probably were just thinking maybe one or two, but they had no idea this is what we were going to develop, right? Yeah. I mean, we're talking about nine major end time wars the Bible tells about, and we are working up towards those wars this day. Um, incredible. And of course, Nathan, you know, I'm glad that those that are tuned in, hopefully they have a better understanding now of Bible prophecy, eschatology, and the things that are to come. And really the, the idea behind all this is that people would not be scared to death in a sense, but that they would turn to Christ now while there's still time, because really all this is in a future time, but those of us that place our trust in the Lord will not see any of this, right, Nathan? Correct. Uh, just like Matthew 24, 6 said, Jesus said, see that you are not troubled. In other words, we know that the world is raging around us, it's falling apart, death is at every corner, but if we put our hope and faith in Jesus Christ, we know we have eternal life with him, and that is a fantastic hope, and it helps us stay sane in a world that's gone crazy. Amen. And you know, Nathan, of course, I always love to give an invitation to anyone tuned into the program so they will come to the feet of Jesus, and maybe you can uh, do that for us, maybe lead someone out there in a prayer or how they can come to know the Lord. Uh, would that be okay? Jesus Christ loves you. God sent his one and only son to die 
in your place. We are condemned because of our sin, our rebellion against God. So Jesus sacrificed himself. He was perfect and pure. The perfect for the unperfect died for us. And if we accept Jesus as our Savior, we pray in our heart, Dear Jesus, please forgive us of our sins. Be our Savior. And he promised us to forgive us our sins. His death has taken our place so that we do not face judgment in hell. And he promised to give us eternal life, forgive us of our sins, cleanse us of our guilt, and we'll get to promise. The promise is where he says that the church doesn't have to experience the wrath of God. We will be taken up to heaven in the rapture, and we will not see these wars of the tribulation. Mm, praise the Lord. Nathan, it's always a pleasure to have you on the program and always uh, an incredible blessing uh, when you're able to also just share the good news of Jesus Christ with those tuned in. And we pray for those of you that are tuned into the program that you would recognize that God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Nathan, thank you so much for being part of this second segment and thank you for the wonderful insights into the wars and rumors of wars that are coming. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Pastor Awesome. And of course, you tune into the Truth to Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Big Patita Nathan Jones. May the Lord bless you all. Again, if we can pray for you, give us a call at 305 992 